welcome to a special edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, previewing the York Ebor Festival, four days of action at the Knavesmire, and it's set to be a scorcher. Well, weather-wise, in fact, the rain is coming, and thank God we have got thunderstorms, so it's going to be interesting whether those properly materialise at York, as there's pretty fast ground all over the country, but I think it will be welcomed, some fresh ground for these horses in the, in this midsummer period, and uh, whether there'll be plenty of it and change the complexion of some of these races, we shall see. But we're recording this a good few days out from declaration stage, but I'm, we're pretty certain we know the targets from some of our main contenders. So we'll be focusing on the feature races from Wednesday um, up until Friday and getting a selection um, from across the week, a nap selection from our two trusted men, Ross Miller and Tom Collins. So thanks as always for them to, to join us and uh, we'll begin. We'll start off, kick off with the Great Voltager, um, which is on Wednesday, a mile four furlongs for the three-year-olds. And this has become a really, really good race. Um, it was won by subsequent St. Ledger Hero Logician in 2019, and then more recently Breeders' Cup Turf winner Yabir, and this year's King George uh, Hero Pile Driver won it a good few years back as well. So it's been a it's been a top race. It's really uh, it's really gone on and proved worth watching, and it's likely to be a key pointer to the St. Ledger this year. It's also been very much the Charlie Appleby, John Gosden show over the last 10 years. Charlie Appleby, who is long in these middle distance three-year-olds, uh, has the market leader as it stands with Secret State and uh, looking like around as we speak about the six to four mark. Uh, might get shorter um, with the news that Francesca Clemente is not running. Um, so that changes this the shape of this market that little bit changing of the guard or Alaska winners in here Dover legend for John uh, for James Ferguson looking likely to run as well um, and as we say there's probably um, a good few horses left to, to be confirmed but it's all about the Godolphin sort of element to this um, Ross I'll start with you first what did you make of Secret State at Goodwood and do you think he can take this next step onto what might likely be a St. Ledger I thought it was a really impressive performance, Jess. I thought he looked classy all the way through the race. I think it was a, a, a strong handicap. I know the connections of the runner-up think a lot of their horse. Um, and, yeah, I just think it, he's a really progressive horse that, that's coming along very nicely, the sort of horse that Charlie Appleby does very well with. He, he's really good with his superstars. But I think a lot of these big yards, some of the lesser lights in the early stages can get lost. It doesn't seem to happen with Charlie Appleby. He seems to be able to find a way to bring them through. Um, I think he's stepping up every run. Uh, I think it's a bit of a skinny price for me at the moment because they do have the second favourite cloth of stars. Um, so you wouldn't, or I certainly wouldn't want to be, be banking on the fact they will run secret state. But I think if they do, I think he'll go off this price probably a bit shorter. But I thought he looked a really exciting contender. They've got stacks of three-year-olds in this middle distance sort of uh, mm. sphere to compare him to. Um, I think if they, whatever they run, I think you've got to really respect because they'll have a very good uh, grip on where they're at with them. But I, I thought he was really impressive at Goodwood. Yeah, he, he's um, definitely the top of their their list anyway. And the fact that there's there's uh, he's a favourite for it six to four Walker Stars seven to two. You'd imagine William Buick is going to is going to choose Secret State, but it was um, James Doyle Boyer Beer, the second string that went on and won this race last year. Um, TC, um, we've we've obviously got at this point a bit of a clearer picture than some of the other races um, that we'll have later on the week. Um, 
do you think there's anything any of the Aidan O'Brien, you know, Point Lonsdale on a bit of a recovery mission, uh, a Cal's in a hair as well as Bluegrass, any of those could worry the Godolphin horses? I don't think so, Jess. I think Acal is using this as a prep towards the St. Ledger. Um, he is a player in the St. Ledger. He gets load of distance, so he'll improve for that step up to a mile six. I think a mile four is on the short side for him. He just looks an out-and-out galloper. Secret State is going to be my pick in here. I haven't got much more to add to what Ross said, uh, despite the fact, actually, I was going to put up Francesco Clemente until he's been taken out. Secret State's only defeat in his career came against that horse, uh, trained by John and Thady Gosden, in the Wood Ditton one of the best maidens at the start of the season. Since then, he's gone from strength to strength. Really impressive at Goodwood last time. And on his penultimate start in the King George V stakes um, at Royal Ascot, he beat Deauville Legend, who's also going to run in this race. And probably, I would say, got a second favourite. So it's hard to see that form being turned around, given the improvement of Secret State. He stays the trip well. He's likely to be a St. Ledger player uh, come next month. So I think Charlie F.B. will get, uh, get off the mark on the first day of the York Ebor Festival. Yeah, right. Well, let's keep this this one quick and we'll, we'll wrap it up there. I'm with Secret State as well. Obviously, um, from a personal perspective, I want to see that form um, c- continue on after our horse Max was second to him at Goodwood. Um, but I do think that um, this this could be this could be a, a serious horse. He's definitely still learn, learning as well. He was very green in the in the closing stages at Goodwood. So I think there's more improvement to come. So that is the Great Voltage at three o'clock on Wednesday. Um, we'll move on to uh, the Jumpmont International um, because this is obviously the talking race of the whole week. It could be the talking. Uh, race of the year as well. Um, one mile, two and a half furlongs um, will be the trip. Um, Bayi, the unbeaten uh, on ratings best horse in the world, um, is lining up for the first time over this trip. And William Haggis has no, made no bones about how excited he is um, to see him run over this distance. He's obviously bred to appreciate it. And it's the natural progression. Um, he'll be up against last year's winner, Mishrith, who was phenomenal in this race last year. Mildly um, frustrating kind of run for him in the Eclipse. Maybe not at his best in the King George over longer than this, but he will um, have James Doyle partnering him back on again. Native Trail is the three-year-old of most interest. Alan Kerr is still in at this stage as a Dubai honor. High Definition, Sabuska and Point Lonsdale. So hopefully if they all stand their ground, eight runners will be quite good for this. Tom, do you think there's anything, anything that you can fathom in your mind that's going to worry Baid? Um, look, everyone's going to say the distance, aren't they? The extra two and a half furlongs, Baid's known as the champion miler. Um, I don't think that's going to stop him. The way he finishes his races suggests he'll get further. His pedigree suggests he'll get further. He has the class. Horses can run over uh, numerous different distances if they have the the latent ability. And by it clearly does, rated 128, the best horse in the world on official ratings, though I find it very difficult to actually assess those rankings given most of those horses in the top 10 have never faced each other. And if they have, they're in the US. Um, But anyway, I think by it will just win this race. He's a very short price. I probably won't be betting. But obviously, punters, if you do like those short price plays, especially for accumulators or whatnot, you want to hear the confidence uh, from us on the SBK betting pod. So um, I do think by order win. I do want to say that about two other horses. One, Mishriff is obviously the most likely danger in the race. He bolted up in this last year. Um, he looked a completely different horse in this race last year. But his two most recent starts, the way he's began those races from the stalls is a major worry. If you're banking on the Mitriff stamina coming through and maybe seeing the, the shock of the season and Baid losing for the first time in his career on the 10th start, you need Mitriff to break on terms. You cannot give a horse like Baid three or four lengths at the start and then expect to run him down. It's just not going to happen. 
Um, so you need Mishriff to bounce out and he just hasn't been doing that. And one other thing is if Desert Crown was in this race and he didn't suffer that setback, I would actually be backing him to beat Bayed. Um, obviously, that is conjecture because he's not running, but I just mm-hmm. want to put that out there. Uh, I think Desert Crown's well up to beating Bayed over this trip. Um, hopefully, he comes back sound next season and maybe we do get that that face off, but uh, Bayed should win the Jumpman International. Yeah, it's a real crying shame and something that we just have to sit and suffer um, about that we don't have the Derby winner in this field. Um, We do have Native Trail as a three-year-old and whether he has got enough talent to put it up to Baib, we'll we'll see. This time uh, last year, he had the world at his feet. Um, We thought he was still had the world at his feet at the beginning of the season. He fell short to Caribus, back on track again, but then he was he was third in the in the coral clips and beaten, you know, very much fair and square. Or Ross, do you think that wasn't his true running and this will be his opportunity to to show the world what he's all about? Yeah, do you know what I? I'm not going to go big on him, but I I would just chance him. I've watched the clips back a couple of times and he had the perfect ride. Um, and when he was expected to to pick up and quicken as you would expect him to do he didn't so then you look at it and say okay maybe he didn't stay but he definitely did he just kept on going um that was his third run in effectively a month sort of 33 34 days if he just ran a bit flat he's run you know everyone's raving about how well Mishra's run well he's run Mishraf really close um tc is right so that Mishraf is the likely danger to uh Baid. I would just chance Native Trail one more time on a on a flatter track, freshened up with a break. I just can't I can't believe he's not trained on because he was second in a in a decent Guineas. Um yes, he wasn't impressive in the curry. So I'm starting to go over the cliff, I know, but I really like the horse. I think he has got a turn of foot. We didn't see it at Sandown for whatever reason. Um so at the price, I mean six to one. I, I would just have a little play on him. I, I, I think if there is a, an upset, I think it comes from him. Because I think TC's right. I think Mishriff, you really got to worry about him coming out the stalls on terms. It takes a brave man to take on Baid at this stage of his career. But if there's one man to do it, it's Ross Miller. Um, I think it's such a fair point about the draw here. Um, the draw, sorry, the, the the start here for Mishriff. William Haggis said this week to me that if the Mishriff of last year, if the Jumpmont turns up, we're in trouble because he was explosive, but he's been sluggish. So it will be fascinating to see what James Doyle does to, to ensure the horses break smart. In a race where, unless Alinka goes on, um, there's not a huge amount of pace around. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. But I'm with Tom. Can't see Baye be beaten. Um, it's a natural progression and it should be fairly straightforward. And I hope we do see it as well because... We, uh, we, we need these uh, superstars and we've only got, I think, one more race after this with him. Um, but um, uh, let's see if it will be the Baid show come 3.35 on Wednesday at York. That is the Jumpmont International. So not in terms of um, anything overly inspiring yet um, in terms of our selections, but let's hope maybe come Thursday with the Yorkshire Oaks, the group one for the Phillies and Mares. Obviously, um, this has been a real treat over the years, some special mares and Alpinista is back on home soil for the first time since last July. She's been on her European travel since to taking in four group ones um, in the meantime. Um, But having said this, um, this race has been dominated by three-year-olds in the past. Um, I think 
there's been one five-year-old in the last 10 years to win this, and that was the fabulous Enable. Maybe we haven't had a mayor of that class in the field, but TC, you're the stats man. Will age, weight, all of that, all these stats be defied, and will Alpinista be able to beat her younger, up-and-coming pretenders? I think she's got a good chance to, um, but I would say her chance is factored in. You've got to factor in the weather. I mean, if you're going to get the likely weather forecast that everyone can see the thunderstorms on Monday, the rain on Tuesday, the rain on Wednesday, then Albanese's chance just increases dramatically. If it's on good to firm ground and somehow this weather doesn't materialise, which is a very good possibility knowing uh, English weather, um, mm. then Alpinista would be a lay for me because I think she's a lot better when there's give underfoot. Um, if this is good to firm ground, then I wouldn't be backing Alpinista. I don't think the age is too much of a big thing in this race. I know the trend suggests it is. I think seven of the last 10 races have been won, uh, editions have been won by three-year-olds. But generally, they're horses that have come from the Oaks um, after winning the Oaks very impressively coming into this race. This year, we've got, what, Magical Lagoon, Emily Upjohn, Tuesday, all entered. I haven't been impressed with Tuesday since the Oaks. Emily Upjohn disappointed last time. Magical Lagoon could be the, the star three-year-old in this field, but at the same time, I don't have any uh, confidence in her at a relatively short price. So... I've looked at, you know, the whole field and, and tried to find one at a bigger price. Now, I'm going to base this tip on the current weather and the, the ground situation as is because I don't want to trust the weather forecast. So this tip becomes redundant if the ground isn't good to firm. However, if it is, I like Lilac Road. Um, I think she's massively overpriced in this race. All of her victories have come on relatively quick ground from good to good to firm, including the Group 2 Middleton at this track in, in May this year. York form is crucial for this meeting. Um, everyone would say that York's one of the fairest tracks in the country, but at the same time, horses with, with course form there tend to come back and win at York, whereas some just don't like York at all. You see plenty of horses um, really disappoint on the Knavesmire, but Lilac Road has course form, so that shouldn't be an issue. She shaped beautifully behind Nashua um, in the Nassau at Glorious Goodwood as well. I thought that was a really good effort, given the way the race panned out. She stayed on powerfully in the closing stages once the race had gone away from her, um, and that proved that she could really contend a Group 1 level. So, Given William Haggis's form at York as well, I think Lilac Rhodes may be being overlooked in the market. But as I say, this is a weather-dependent tip. Okay. And what I do know is that Cela Rosa isn't going to the Yorkshire Oaks. That's what I heard from William Haggis. So this looks like it will be very much uh, easy booking for Tom Marquand to stick up on Lilac Road uh, for Tom's selection in the Yorkshire Oaks. I think this has probably got a little bit more depth in it than we've had before. Found it really tricky, but I want to side with La Petite Coco for Paddy Toomey, who I just, I think is wonderful. Um, and he's just having a fabulous season. He's obviously got a big um, hope for the uh, Ebor as well, coming up later in the week with Earl of Tyrone. And La, La Petite Coco is a mare that has just gone from strength to strength, um, thriving. Her victory over love at the end of last season was a um, monster performance. Um, she had to be really uh, tough and game. But she can also be, she can she can also be very enthusiastic as as well and go from the front and lead. And she's just versatile. Yes, she's just like um, Alpinista. She needs to give a good bit of weight away. Um, but that victory um, in the Pretty Polly was very taking, um, and I'd be happy at a bigger price. I think she'd be around seven to one um, to side with her. So. Couple more various uh, variety of options for you there for the Yorkshire Oaks. Um, not exactly going against Alpinista, but finding a bit of value um, in other in other areas. Um, okay, we'll head on to Friday to the uh, Lonsdale Cup and um, two mile and a half of furlongs. Um, we've got um, and 
in shades of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. He's not leaving. Not leaving is Stradivarius. He wants to stay and we want to see him win, I assume. That's what Bjorn Nielsen wants to do with him. Um, he clearly has thrived at York in the past and they obviously think that Goodwood, there's something still there in terms of making sure that he can his final swan song ends in a victory, you must imagine anyway. So he is turning up at York for the Lonsdale Cup and he's currently priced in as five to four favourite behind ahead of Trushan, who was behind him at Goodwood. Kiprios, will he run, will he not? Not too sure. Coltrane, unsure as well. Tashkan and Quickthorn, um, also sort of the leading protagonist in this race. If we get the weather that we think we might have, I'm surprised that we've got this betting as it is because True Shan obviously will, will absolutely relish a bit of dig. So again, I'd imagine TC, that's what you're kind of going to wait and see with this one. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Firstly, I want to say I'm glad you used that reference from Wolf of Wall Street because there are plenty of references that wouldn't have been PG uh, related <laughs> to Stradivarius's paddock tendencies sometimes um, and Wolf of Wall Street, but we'll leave that there. Um, as you say, lots of lots of uh, analysis on this race depends on the weather. True Channel maybe go off favourite if it's soft ground, which I highly doubt. I have to say, um, the quicker the ground, the better for Stradivarius. I think uh, these top level races just haven't been a great punting medium for myself. And I think as a punter, um, as a tipster, as an analyst, if you're looking at these races and from your own personal point of view, you're struggling to find the winners on a regular basis. It definitely pays to actually hold your hands up and think you know what, this maybe isn't the best kind of division that you want to be focusing on. And that's kind of where I'm going uh, from a personal point of view. And therefore, I don't want to be putting up a selection um, that I wouldn't be backing myself. So it's going to be a no-bet race. However, as a neutral, and I'll say this uh, with extreme passion and interest, I love Stradivarius. I really want him to win this race. I've loved him from, you know, early on. He's a beautiful chestnut horse, always performs to how he should. He tries his hardest every race. He's become probably the crowd favourite um, on the in the flat sphere. Connections love him. Bjorn Nilsson, I love the fact he keeps running him back and running him back and running him back. It's great for the sport. As a neutral, I'm going to watch this race and cheer on Stradivarius. I really hope he gets the job done, but plenty will depend on the weather. What an impassioned speech from TC there, um, as his, his true love in life, Stradivarius, um, might have his final final race. Uh, we shall see. Uh, look, it's, it would be fabulous, wouldn't it? Um, feels like it, it's, it would be a natural place to end if that's what Bjorn Nilsson wants to do. I don't know about it. I think that there is, I think, I think there's a bit of value around. I'm going to get Ross's opinion first, and then I've got a selection that I, I'm pretty keen on. Ross, is there anything for you in here? Uh, yeah, there is. I mean, I, does, do they want uh, Stradivarius to get hampered, or do they want a clear run for him? Like, they don't seem to make up their mind. Like, last time he got to the front too soon, the time before it didn't happen for him. Um, I, I'm, I'm ever so, I'm, I love the horse, but I'm slightly getting bored of the, the sideshow mm -hmm. around him. I've got to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um I think Trushan had beat him. I don't think the ground beat Trushan at uh, Goodwood last time. I think a rare Holly Doyle error made made the difference. I mean, I think she rushed him up. Um, you could see why she was doing it. And, and that's race riding. I'm certainly, certainly not blaming her, but uh, hindsight uh, being a virtue that it is, she would rather not have done that. The difference here is I don't think Kiprios is going to run. She's not going to have to cover Kiprios and Stradivarius. She can just ride to beat uh, Stradivarius. I think she can reverse that form. Um, and I, I think if a bit of rain does come, I, th I think he's a he's the one to beat. He's certainly the way I'm looking at the moment. Um, 
I tried nobly last time to, to, to find an outsider to run close to them. And frankly, Kiprios, Stradivarius and Trushan are streets ahead of anything else in this division, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's interesting that race, that race move of Holly Doyle actually prevented Stradivarius, though. So it's kind of sort of it, it was. But that's what they want, isn't it? They 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 yeah. don't want him to get to the front too soon. They want to be able to, you know, they cover all angles. It's just I know, and I completely agree with you that you're never winning. And I think for Andrea Zaney, I think he would rather Frankie take up the challenge again because you're just you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But you'd imagine that Andrea Zaney will be on board again. Um, Trushan, will he run? I, I feel like, I don't know whether, how quick that ground was on, on the first day at Goodwood. They said that, you know, there'd be no excuses at all, but he's done that, that, that race at Newcastle probably might've taken a good bit out of him. I'd just be surprised to see him coming back so quickly after that, unless there is a lot of rain. I don't think they'd try him again on sort of bordering on the faster side, which, you know, they, they, they'd rather not do, um, so I will be interested to see if he does pitch up here, but Stradivarius definitely does. Um, I think, and I'm trying to encourage um, the, the Huey Morrison and his team to, to throw Quickthorn in this instead of the Ebor, because it's a horse with serious amount of talent. We've obviously not seen him much over in the UK. Ran he he uh, he, he was a winner over in France. Um, he didn't go to the Gold Cup where he probably would have um, shown himself in in good light as well. And I just think that he's probably a little bit more underestimated than some of them. Um, again, like we've said, he's he's another one that will want the rain to come. And there's a good few um, mill essentially um, uh, forecasts for next week. But just the way he did it at Longshot last time was really impressive. And I don't think we've really got to the bottom of him. And I do think at around 10 to 1, he's a good he's good value for a race like this, which might just cut up. So quick thorn for me um, in this Lonsdale Cup. Um, interesting to see how this pans out. The nun thought is where we're going to go next. Um, because of, of, all of, of all of the races of the week, I think we, we find out fairly soon now at this stage where... Um, connections are going to send their horses. We all already know that Little Big Bear doesn't go here. We know that Dramatise is definitely going to the Lalva. So it's what two-year-olds are going to show up. Makes it a lot of fun. Um, currently, Royal Acclaim, the three-year-old filly, heads the betting around 11 to 8. And then Highfield Princess is in here because a lot of the betting um, is suggesting that the likes of um, Twilight Calls, he's been ruled out, as run is running. Um, the Platinum Queen is the interesting one. She needs to be supplemented. Whether she will or not will mean that she has a huge weight um, advantage being a two-year-old filly. Um, and then you've got the the more sort of um, hardened sprinters, Cardem's in here, Flotus um, as well, Rasel to Emiratiana. Um, Persian Force is also in the betting as well. So it really does depend on what uh, some of our connections decide. But Ross, if the Platinum Queen shows up, this adds a real tasty element to this race. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, to, I'd love to see her in there. I, re I really would. Um, getting twenty-seven pound from the elders uh, boys and twenty-four from the elder girls. I think that's that's huge. Eight, eight stone. Um, I think they they've spoken to Holly Doyle, so they say in the press, and she's keen to ride. And we we were discussing beforehand. I mean, who could ride at eight stone? I guess it's Holly Doyle, Jimmy Quinn, and. Uh, give give Cody Collins a call up. Um, I think they're about the three that <laughs> the three that could do eight stone that I can think off the top of my head. Um, I loved what she did at 
at Goodwood, I'd, I tipped on a couple of platforms and I was none too impressed with Oshinor after two furlongs because I thought he was going far too hard um, and she just kept on going. Um, broke the track record. It was then beaten again very, very shortly afterwards. Um, and yeah. it was clearly quick conditions, but you had to love what she what she did. Um, they felt that um, Ascot, when she underperformed, just came too soon for her. Um, Richard Parr, he mentioned that he likes to get them to Ascot, Royal Ascot, with two runs under their belts, and she, she hadn't. So um, she's clearly not taken them too much by surprise. She looks electric quick. Um, I'd be really interested to see her in there. Um, off eight stone with Holly Doyle just blitzing from the front. Yeah, we've we've seen two-year-old colts do this um, before, but two-year-old fillies. How many have done this? How many have tried? Our stat man might know. Ross, you might know. Top of your head. Off oh, top of my head, uh, Acapulco in two thousand and fifteen. Oh, blimey, he's quick. He's good. I think he's, <laughs> he's, I think he's, he's getting. He wants to take that job of yours, TC. We've got to hold our hands up and say that TC fed that to me beforehand and he was very quick off the mark um, to new Acapulco and he just needed to know the year. I think that's a, a, a fair shout. Um, she was a decent filly, wasn't she? Um, probably came in with stronger form than uh, the Platinum Queen, but shows it can be done or they can go very close anyway. Yeah, also a resident American man as well, Tom, and yeah, a Wesley Wesley Ward trained filly. Um, you know, all the credential probably have been training since she at this kind of level at that kind of speed since she was a a yearling. So it, it it's different kind of horses, but it takes a special one to do it. Do you think that she's got the credentials to do so? Yeah, Acapulco's uh, edition that year in 2015 was a lot stronger, I think, than this edition this year. Um, Acapulco was also a much bigger filly. She looked like a four-year-old when she was two. So, I don't know. I, I think they're completely different. It's really hard to compare the two because Acapulco just had the US kind of build-up towards her racing career compared to the UK build-up, which is more gently um, not speed-based. But uh, the, the Platinum Queen would definitely be of interest if she is supplemented for the race. Okay, well, Royal Acclaim obviously throws a, a, a huge profile into this race, what she's done coming back after that injury. Um, James Tate has made no bones about how highly he regards her, says it's the fastest horses he's trained. And he's trained some fast horses in its army far above and the like. So difficult to get away from her as well. And I think we need to give her some credit too. So Royal Acclaim with her, against her, what do you think about her and, and what's your selection for the race? Yeah, well, you say give her some credit. Um, I'll give her some credit as far as she's three from three in her career. She was impressive last time out in Listed Company and her two novice races. Um, I think she is probably the worst price of any horse at York from the antipost <laughs> markets that we can see at the moment. Um, how can you back a horse at 11 to 8 in a group one sprint, of which features all ages, don't forget that, all ages, a horse that's just had three starts, one on turf last time in a listed race, now jumps up to a group one at 11 to eight. I think that is ridiculous. And it's largely due to the fact that James Tate, as you say, has come out with all these big claims that she's super fast and she's the best horse he's trained and all these social media hypes of people posting up their anti-post slips and then people going, oh yeah, I should get on that as well. Um, they've taken all the value. So 11 to eight is the worst price um, of any horse at York. And that's not to say she's not going to win before people come at me on Twitter. <laughs> that's just to say, come on, value, what you wish for. <laughs> a value perspective, she is terrible value. Um, and that is what you should base your betting on uh, value in mm -hmm. races. So I've got to take her on. 
if Little Big Bear was in this race, which obviously he's not going to be, then he would definitely be the selection. Um, he would just be carrying eight stone three and would romp home. Uh, but I'm going to take a chance on an older horse, which is Emirati Anna. You're going to get a good price, around 16, 20 to one-ish um, on, on this horse. Disappointing this term, um, but I think you could put a line through the last two efforts. She came back from Maidan, um, and you know when you come back from Maidan, those exploits could leave a toll. The first couple of runs, mate, you just might not see the best kind of um, performances from that horse. Last time out in the July Cup, I thought the sixth place finish was actually a pretty decent effort. Um, showed some signs of, of life. And last year, coming into this race, Emiratiano was completely um, just considered a no-hoper. Was sent off 40-1, to 1, yet still finished second to Winter Tower. It was a really good effort. And maybe the return to York sees a revival from Emiratiano. So at the prices, I'm willing to take a chance, though fast ground would be ideal. Okay, right. Emiratiano um as a as a more of a solid classic sprinter being around the block a little bit around about the 12 to 1 chance at the moment um for tc look i'm i'm kind of with you in the angle that i i would rather have also has gone gone through a few brick walls already um and yes obviously the the the, the form and and what she's shown in, in royal acclaim is all there to be to be said but when she's really got to throw it up against these horses you know, it's a different, it's a different ball game. And that being said, I am kind of, uh, my, my selection is, is a, bit, a bit of hypocrisy there because she's already beaten Winter Power. But I can't believe last year's winner is 33 to 1 for this race. Yes, she's not been at her best, but I wonder whether the Easter Bees might think about putting a bit of headgear on her, maybe some blinkers, something just to make sure, keep her concentrated. She is so speedy. She's not lost any of that, but she's just folded late on in some of her races, maybe become a little bit precious. I'm not sure what it is, but I just still think if they figure out whatever the key to is, it it might be for her. And I can't imagine the Easter Bees are just going to throw in the towel. It's not them. They're going to work it out. They'll, they'll do, I'm sure that they might just do something a little bit different with her. Um, and obviously she was the electric winner of this race last year. So at the prices, and that's what we're looking for, a bit of value, 33 to 1, why not? Um, it's just one of those races for me in my mind where we could be just looking back on it and thinking, as TC was saying, the wrong prices for some of these horses. Um, so there we go. That's an unthought. I think that's the most fun race of the week for us um, from a perspective at this stage. Um, obviously we've got... Um, a huge amount of water to go under the bridge yet. We've got a lot of rain, hopefully, to come as well, maybe. Um, and uh, some of the declarations will be early next week. But at this stage, we're going to ask Ross and Tom for uh, their nap of the week. can be from any race, um, not just the races we've discussed. And obviously, there's the e as well. So, Ross, is there anything that's sparking you up at the moment? Well, I've left the e for for next week, Jess. Um, the one that I'm really excited to see is in the gym crack, uh, noble style. He was really impressive on debut at Ascot, beat Royal Scotsman and Wall Bank, who have both done good things since. He then missed Royal Ascot, and I'm assuming that was down to some sort of training setback or niggle. Um, he reappeared at Newmarket at the back end of last month, um, travelled beautifully through the race and really eye-catching it, and then slightly made quite hard work of getting it done. Um, but the, the runner-up was a first-amount winner himself, Millstream. Um if he'd had a little training setback and he just was perhaps in need of that run, uh, I'm prepared to forgive his finishing effort. And I just loved how he went through the race. Um, I think he's a really smart colt. Uh, he could just be one that might 
good might Godolphin uh, might rely on going forward. Um, I'm excited to see him. I think he takes all the beating in the gym crack. Okay, yeah, maybe just that that last run might give you a bit of value um, there for the gym crack. Okay, um, Noble Star for Ross and TC. Anything from outside of what we've looked at already? No, nothing from outside we've looked at. I'm going to leave that to next week. As I say, I think the weather plays a huge part in York. Um, so I want to be seeing, you know, what the ground is, whether it's still fast or whether it turns on the slow side. The nap's going to be from one of the races that we have covered, which is the Great Voltager um, Secret State. I just think it's a logical selection in that race now that Francesco Clemente's been taken out. He's improving at a rate of knots. If he's a St. Ledger horse, he should be probably beating that field in the Great Voltager. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be with you next week as I will be working at York every day. So I'm going to give my selections now. Um, I think Ejero is fascinating in the e-ball. Um, I think he's fairly versatile ground-wise. I'm not too worried about that. I think the performance he put up at Goodwood to win on a trip that was much too short for him was um, was pretty inspiring from Kim Bailey. And uh, he's clearly very talented. And seeing him in a, in a bigger field, in a, in a handicap like the e-ball, will be really interesting. Um, so hoping that um, uh, he can show up well in, in that big race. Um, I'm also going to just mention Achilloise, our filly, who was obviously a winner at York last time um, in, the, in the listed lyric uh, stakes. Was very pleased to hear that the second place horse in that race, Poptronic, is going for Yorkshire Oaks, which is a big confidence boost, I suppose. Um, Achilloise is actually running in the filly's handicap on the Friday um, that she was third in last year, because I think off the back of the fact that Matt bolted up last week, She's still fairly uh, well handicapped um, off a mark of 104 with Harry Davies taking still five pounds off. Then I just think that we may as well go for a bigger pot um, in a handicap. So that is it, Kiddowee. not exactly a nap, but she's definitely worth um, keeping an interest in for next week. Um, so that is our look at this stage to the York Ebor Festival, um, previewing some of the bigger and better races uh, Ross and TC will be back next week um, with a closer inspection um, at uh, a 48-hour deck stage of the races coming up at the end of the week. Um, so we look forward to that. Best of luck, guys, and we will see you soon.